it's kind of learning actually what is it that you've done that's going to be valuable for a pharmaceutical company, but also learning about yourself. Like, what is it you enjoyed about the NHS? Because there is always something. Uh, what did you? What is it driving you? What's driving you? And and what makes you unique? Let's face it, burnout amongst doctors is sky high and we're actively seeking other ways to make the most of our transferable skills beyond the usual career pathways. Welcome to Disrupting Doctors' Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Abena Babas-Jones, and I'm on a mission to connect one million doctors across the world with the best in diverse career opportunities. So we are going to do a quick 10 minute on medical affairs for all of you doctors. It's one of the really, really common entry points for doctors who are getting into pharma and industry roles. Um, and we have brought back the wonderful Maya Joshi, who is going to explain all he knows um, about medical affairs, considering he's been in it for some time. So, Maya, what is medical affairs? Yeah, <laughs> it's a good <laughs> question, right? It's, 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 it's one of those where you can't what just... Is it? Yeah. You can't just state uh, like one thing and there's not actually probably not even a sort of preconception of what it is. Like if I said to you, what is um, medical writing? You probably have an understanding in your head, broadly speaking, what that is. But in med affairs, and this is the reason I, I, I like, uh, I love working in medical affairs and, and sort of working with people in medical affairs is it, it touches sort of all parts of the business. And essentially what it is, is it's translating your very, you know, your clinical data into patient outcomes essentially right if i put it into one line that's what i'm talking about so improve patient outcomes that's that's how i look at it but you work from early on in your development program when you're developing your medicine and and sort of testing it and making sure it does work and how it works etc in the right population you work from that early phase uh development right the way through to launch and actually life cycle management when drugs are coming off pattern Mm. and things like that and that's another reason i uh, Sorry, yeah, I was going to say, so, so, so is this an analysis uh, activity? Is it a communication activity? How, how it, would you describe it? It's an everything activity. An everything activity. And that's, that's why doctors are so valued because mm-hmm. of their, you know, yes, doctors are doctors. They've got very high technical skill set. They're working in a, you know, they're, they're continuing to refine their knowledge, et cetera. But actually they're the skill set is quite broad, right? Communication skills, storytelling, you're patient facing, you're working cross-functionally and we called it multidisciplinary teams, multidisciplinary teams in NHS, but in pharma, it's, you know, cross-functional or matrix teams. You lead different types of people. You're an educator, you're a teacher, you're a mentor. Um, you are also you know, you're planning, you're you're being strategic, you're creating patient protocols. Mm. There's a lot of things that doctors do in the context of their work and also all of that under pressure, high pressure environments, right? Mm. So, uh, and certainly now with the NHS workloads, et cetera, it's, it's really high pressure. So when mm. you take that all into account, the the kind of characters that are built within within clinical medicine, bringing them into the pharma industry 
is is really valuable all that stuff that i've just listed now of mm. course you have to adapt it to the environment that you're going into you're no longer directly patient facing but you will be working with your peers or former peers you'll be working with uh mm. instead of instead of say a physio a nurse uh, a radiologist uh, in, in your multidisciplinary te- multidisciplinary team you're working with marketing sales market access regulatory safety so it's this it's a it's a cross-functional team so would you say it's like the gp of the pharma world in some ways yeah maybe because it sounds like it's a very broad role where you you could be doing a number of different things and that could vary from department to company to company so yeah yeah. it is versatile yeah you definitely need to be versatile you need to have a lot of that sort of what I don't want to say soft skills, but, you know, the real, the skills that aren't sort of, they're they're hard to teach. You you sort of do a course on, let's say, people leadership, right? Mm -hmm. You can do a leadership course and learn a bit about the theory and the, but then actually putting it into practice is a different issue. Um, But it is highly, this is, again, another reason why it's, it's really, it's, it's a highly coveted sort of part of the industry, but also, um, you know, and it's challenging, but also really valuable is that you, you marry high technical skills so for example you know in medical affairs you can be running a, a, your a randomized clinical trial or multiple analyses on registry databases or you're you're imp- doing implementation science studies or very highly technical I don't want to say projects, but activities right the way through to actually we're thinking about competitive strategy. We're thinking about um, what's our communication strategy, what's our medical education program look like, which is also technical, but you're a bit higher level thinking. You're sort of market shaping, that kind of stuff. So it's more strategic. Um, so you do have a variety of roles that you do, but over time, people will become specific types of medical affairs leaders they might be highly highly technical and specialized in a in a specific mm-hmm. disease area or mm-hmm. like me i'm more broad and, and thinking more about that strategic strategic piece that functional area hopefully mm-hmm. people see me as a good people leader and, and things like that so right. um yeah so there's a lot of variety so for doctors who are looking at medical affairs as an entry point to pharma how would you advise they prepare and stand out for applications and interviews? Yeah, it's a really good question and something that, you know, like I say, you know, you know, I work with people to do that, right? And you definitely do. But the the key... So so basically, Maya is the the founder, CEO (laughs) of Joshi, Joshi Life Sciences, and he is also one of our faculty specialist mentors in pharma on the Doctors in Industry Incubator. And, you know, he's got an extensive amount of experience uh, working as a leader in medical affairs in big pharma companies. So he and he's mentored a a huge number of doctors um, who are looking to get into industry and also building the teams, mentored teams that he has also nurtured and grown, who've gone on to do amazing things. Um, So I'm like your your biggest advocate here. But yeah, so you definitely definitely (laughs) would know as someone who's mentored doctors, but also hired doctors. So. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, I've been on both sides of the table, right? Obviously, having tried to break in and also hired hiring. But yeah. I think one of the things we don't get, what we don't understand when you when you're sort of first thinking about leaving the NHS or leaving clinical medicine is really how to pick out the skills that you've developed um, and how to kind of communicate that. So I, I know a really simple example is when I was going through 
um, you know, SHO and, and sort of training and whatnot. You sort of do all the the stuff for, t- you know, the tick box exercises that you need to do for your CPD or for, I looked at it as a tick box exercise or your portfolio, right? So audits and, and things like that. And I actually never engaged in that because I thought, oh, what's the point? I, I really want to leave. I don't want to do it. Um, and you see a lot of people will come through and go and their CV will be very heavily um, weighted towards what they've done in their clinical roles. Right. So I'm a, I don't know, medical registrar and I lead this yeah, team. I've and worked this at, team. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've worked at a number yeah. of hospitals and done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And, and then right at the end, you'll see, oh, there's like 10 different service improvement projects that they've done. And like audits and they've worked on the medicines management panel and whatever it is right and you sort of go no yeah. that's the stuff that pharma companies that should are interested be at number one yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's it's kind of learning actually what is it that you've done that's going to be valuable for a pharmaceutical company but also learning about yourself like what is it you enjoyed about the nhs because there is always something uh what did you what is it driving you what's driving you and and what makes you unique so you know Everyone's done audits, everyone's done research, everyone's done publications, but what is it about you and your story? What are you trying to tell? Like, why is it you want to break into the industry? What are you going to bring? Those are a lot of the things that people aren't very good at. So yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, I I guess really surprised. I'm not that surprised knowing what I know now, but the number of doctors that we see, like, why, why have you chosen pharma? Why? And they, they give you all the reasons why they don't like their job or... (laughs) you know all the push factors all the push factors but they're unable to articulate why the pharma industry or why that particular role and how they can add value to it and it's like a big big blind spot that we see time and time again but you probably see that in interviews right I see it like yeah so obviously when I meet people who who want to take uh, use me as a sort of coach that I ask them so what is it what can I help you with or why do you want to join whatever and you're right they sort of we talk, you know, you'll 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 know this as well. But they talk about we talk about push and pull factors, right? So NHS is these are all the reasons I want to leave the NHS. So the NHS is pushing them out, and I'm sort of go, okay, cool, that's fine, and that's all good. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. I know that. I understand. I can empathize. But what is it that about pharma or biotech or whatever else we're talking about is what is it about that in particular that you're that's attracting you, and I think when I when you speak informally to people, they eventually get there and you sort of get a sense of it and you understand it because I work with them and I and I get to know them. But in an interview setting, you need to be able to articulate that really well. And it needs to be articulated in black and white. And and it's not a joke uh, or a lie or an exaggeration to say when people see your CV, they will make almost an instant um, judgment right? Because they see so many, they look at your CV and they'll immediately kind of go, I'm interested in that or I'm not. And it might be something little and, and you know, like I'm, I don't necessarily do this because I'm very conscious about it because I work with people all the time and I, and I work with them. I sort of go, you've left a lot of really cool stuff at the back of your CV. So I do kind of go through, but even me, when I've been hiring and I've got a lot of CVs, I come towards the end of the day, I'm knackered. I'm looking through the stuff. Someone to have made it really easy for you to make that decision. Yeah. I remember one CV and it it said something. It was one of those, one of my pet peeves was like the first line. It was like, instead of would, would have, they had written, would of and I was oh. like I can't, I can't do this I was like I'm <laughs> done for the day <laughs> I was like can't do it so like so you have that like you've got to yeah. give that in that first page that first you've line you've got to look right mm-hmm. and you've got to just give that message it's not it's for, 
the first impression is you're right is like the first second i look at it it's scruffy oh god that's annoying but then that or first it's like message, the, the size of the font is like eight or something yeah, all, like, and you're all, like i just <laughs> all of that needs to be right but then it, it yeah. really comes down to when i'm going to put you in that yes pile what how are you positioning yourself to me as a as a hiring manager and and then in my mind i quickly go right that's the profile i'm looking but when for when you say positioning not. not many doctors really understand exactly yeah. what positioning is like what what is that what so is I, I mean i guess that it's, it's your <laughs> when i work with people i talk about their kind of personal story rather than you know or you might call it personal brand but what is it you want people to know about you and how are you uh, unique in your situation. So then I can make an assessment as to whether or not you are going to help me solve the problem that I'm trying to solve with this hiring process. And what I mean by that is, for example, if I'm hiring, you know, in, in the past, I've hired a consultant from as in a like, you know, a, a CCT consultant from the NHS, because I needed specific technical um, disease area knowledge. And they had experience in running clinical trials in development programs stuff. I had a need in my team. So that person filled that need. And a lot of other people who were probably very strong candidates for that role, oh, sorry, for medical affairs in general, I just disregarded them. So, but that was because I knew the positioning of that person, how they were mm -hmm. positioning themselves as, as a clinical researcher in a specific disease area with experience with development programs. They'd put that on their CV as their first line. Now, if they had flipped it around and said, aspiring medical affairs physician with a strong history in here, here and here, then it would take me a lot longer to sort of get to that point where, oh, right, they've run clinical trials, they've mm -hmm. been a PR. So you've got to understand the role you're going for. You've got to understand the your value proposition, your unique position that you're bringing and try and sort of bring the two together. Uh, right. And using your experience, you, you can't just make it up, obviously. Absolutely. So yeah, so, so you've got to kind of put the two together. I was going to say, thank you so much, Maya. We have gone beyond that 10 minutes, but this has been really helpful. And for anyone that's uh, following our podcast, we have another podcast episode with Maya, which is Pharma Jobs for Doctors, How to Get In. I think it is that one, right? <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. I can't but remember, there. but it's just, on just your search for Pharma. Yeah. We've, got, we've, got, we've got the episode. And if you are wondering about positioning and everything that we've discussed in this short period of time, this is what we do in the Doctors and in Industry in Incubators. So head on over to medicfootprints.org forward slash industry with the opportunity to work not only with myself and the team, but also with Maya, if you are particularly uh, passionate about getting into industry. And remember, guys, this just does not happen overnight it takes time and I think this is another thing that we haven't covered um, and people do us underestimate the amount of time it does take to really work towards getting your first job in industry as a pharma doctor um, I spoke to a doctor who literally I think applied for like I'm sure he said 80 jobs or something along those lines and it took him I think at least six to 12 months to actually get in and he said I just kept on applying and I just learned every time I applied and then got to a point where, oh no, yeah, he got to a point where actually, you know, he managed to get in because he'd, he'd gone to so many interviews. <laughs> and he just, you know, that is it's a great strategy if you have time to do that, right? Not, not a lot of us have time to, but at the end of the day, just realize this takes time and a lot of it is about your mindset shift. Uh, but anyway, to hear more about Pharma, go to our other episodes on Pharma and check out our website. All right, take care, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.